It's bye week time for Boston College football, but that doesn't mean that we have nothing to talk about. We're going to go back and look at the first half of the season, and I'm going to give out grades for the Boston College Eagles. You're going to want to hear what I give the offense, the defense, slash special teams, and Jeff Halfley. All this and more on today's Locked on BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Locked On BC, this is AJ Black from Eagle Insider, I'm the editor and publisher over there. Please check out our work on our site. Now, we could talk about that Clemson game more. I don't have much more to say than what we've already said with Mitch on on, uh, yesterday's episode. Make sure to check that out. It's now kind of time to dive in, to look at what BC did. We're halfway through the season. It's incredible. I mean, it just felt like two days ago that I was, you know, counting down the amount of ga- days until the season started. We're already halfway through it. And on one sense, it seems like it's fast. And the other sense, it seems like it's been like eight years that we've been going through this, right? Well, on today's show, I want to get into grades. I want to grade, give you my, my particular grades for the offense, the defense, Jeff Halfley and the coaching staff and the special teams. So you're going to agree, you're going to disagree. But what I want from you is to go into that comment section right now and give me your grades because I'm going to share them throughout the show. So if you have a specific grade you want to give, and I don't care what you say, um, I don't. I could agree, disagree. It's your chance to shout out. So make sure to head into the comment section right now and give your grades. So let's kick it off with the offense. Before the start of the season, I said the one thing I wanted to see from BC's offensive line was for them to be serviceable. I said... If BC's offensive line could be serviceable, this team could be uh, a, 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 a good team. A dark, and they were scheduled to possibly be a dark horse in the ACC. And what, what what have we seen so far? They have not been serviceable. I mean, it started off like right off the bat. I believe it was the first drive against Rutgers. There was either a botched snap by Drew Kendall or I think it was a botched snap by Drew Kendall. And it's just gone down, downhill from there. You have seen... So many bad plays by that offensive line. I mean, the the amount of pressures. Jakovic has been hit over and over and over again. I think they're worse in the country. If if I was to look at it and tell you sacks allowed, I think they're near the bottom. It, uh, pressures, uh, though they're uh, 126. They actually moved up. 126 in the country in sacks allowed. Uh, they are worst in the country in rushing yards. They're averaging 66 yards per game rushing. I mean, you have Phil Jac- the offensive line has been bad. You have Phil Jakovic, who has, I mean, let's just be frank, folks. He's regressed. This is not, you know, going into this season, I think a lot of people, myself included, thought that Jakovic with a good season would put himself in position to be an NFL caliber quarterback. That if he played at the, the level that he seemed to be trending towards in 2020, and, and at different points during 2021, that we, he'd have a special season. I mean, re- legitimately, he's having, I mean, he's he's got to be, in, in almost every metric, one of the worst quarterbacks in the ACC right now. And yes, some of that has to do with his uh, offensive line. 
but some of that isn't on him on them. He he's struggling to make simple reads. He's overthrowing things. He's he's not making the right passes when he needs to. That's on him too. So there's a there's an element with Dracovic that's that that's frustrating. So you get the offensive line, you got that. The running game has been completely non-existent, as we said earlier. They cannot run the ball, they cannot do anything with any consistency other than that Louisville game. We haven't seen them run the ball effectively at all. You have uh, wide receivers. I mean, Jaden Williams has had a couple drops, and one of them led to an interception against Louisville. But then you have Zay Flowers. I mean, all the things that you say about how poorly this this team is playing on offense, and believe me, they are playing absolutely below what you'd expect them to be. You also have Zay Flowers, who has 42 receptions for 561 yards and five touchdowns. He's 11th in the country right now in total receptions, and he is um, in the top 20. He's 14th in yards. So looking at this, if you were to think like, okay, what grade would I give this offensive line? I I would say I would compare it to what I, I have a couple factors I would put in. First of all, are they where I, I expected them to be? Absolutely not. They are not. The offensive line and has impacted them to such a d- degree that the BC offense can't do anything. And, and when you become one-dimensional, which they are because they can't run the ball, that is another major problem. Um, you know, I, I there's no other way to sugarcoat this. Like the offense itself, if I was going to grade it, I know most people are going to say I'd give them an F. They're close to an F to me because, like, when you go from your expectations being like this is an offense that's going to be really good, this is an offense going to be really solid, to we're halfway through the season and BC and, and many metrics are dead last in all of professional uh, college football. That's a major problem, folks. That's enough right there, right? I'm going to give them a D minus though. And here's why. Dracovic, I am completely disappointed with how the season has gone for him. Again, some of that is on the offensive line. The offensive line, I, I mean, I don't want to bore you to death saying the same thing over and over again, but you've seen it. I mean, like, they had 18 pressures against BC last week against Cle- Clemson had 18 pressures against BC last weekend. Um, I have to give them a D minus and the D minus. The, the reason they're not going to get an F is two prong. I'm going to say mostly one thing. And then there's a little piece of another, the mostly the one thing is going to be Zay flowers. Zay obviously Zay is a special talent and it's, it sucks so much that this season is getting wasted on such a generational talent. I mean, you look at what Boston College football has had in their history at wide receiver. You have Kelvin Martin, you have Richie Gannell, and Alex Amadon, and then Tom Waddle. And, and, but, like, nice, good court wide receivers. But are they anywhere near where Zay Flowers is? And I said this on last week's episode, the importance of Zay, right? Zay is so special and this season. I feel like it's, it's, I think that's part of the frustrating thing is because you know, if you had a good offense, how damaging Zay flowers could be and how much more effective he could be. If they were running the ball, they had play action going. If Jakovic wasn't 
hearing ghosts every time he goes back to pass. But he's just enough to get them to a D minus. And honestly, like they were firmly in the F range for me without Zay. Zay put them up like a whole letter grade to me. They put them from like a, a 50 to, you know, like a 45 to 50, like a 65. So that's where my offense is at. Do you agree with me? What grade would you give BC's offensive uh, offense? Excuse me. Throw it in the comment section right now. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, I want you to do one really quick, easy thing for me. And that is hit that subscribe button right now. Tomorrow's show, we're going to continue talking about BC football, but I'm going to get into basketball too, because I keep saying that we're going to get into basketball, but it's a bye week now. And I really want to talk about where BC basketball is at. Done so already. Subscribe and hit the bell so you know you're getting all your BC videos sent directly to you. <clears throat> In a moment, we're going to get into the defense, and I'm going to give you my grades there, which should be a little bit more positive. But from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for everyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Upside is incredible. Like if you want to save money and do it in an easy way, you got to check out Upside. So to get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code locked on. I sorry, my promo code locked and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at that business pay as usual with a credit card and boom. You're going to get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars each week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. This is AJ Black, locked on uh, Boston College here. We are your team every day. We're the only Boston College podcast that does this every single day. And I know some people have said, like, are you crazy that you talk about BC every day? It's a labor of love, folks. And I love doing this, talking to each and every single each and every, each and every one of you every single day. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, tell your friends about Locked on BC. I hope to have a few more of you uh, joining us soon. So the offense was bleak. I mean, that's always, that's what's got to be said there, right? Like the offense has been a, um, a horror show at times and it, it reminiscent almost at times to 2015. But the, the frustrating part is 2015, you had no quarterback. You had Jeff Smith, Troy Flutie and John Fadouli or Fadouli, excuse me. And this year you have a quarterback, but you have no offensive line. It's like different pieces are broken on this team. Now, the defense, the defense, I think, has been kind of up and down. And just like the offense, certain parts of the offense, it all goes back to the offensive line struggling, right? Because the defense, they, they've they had their moments where they've looked poor. I mean, obviously, the, the opening game against Rutgers, the, the frustrating part was that final drive where they marched, the Knights marched 96 yards down the field and just basically ex exerted their will 
against BC's defensive line. And it was frustrating to watch. And and all the talk about how the defense was going to improve, it seemed to go out the window. You move ahead. You see Virginia Tech. They let up 27 points to the Hokies. They let up a couple plays, but a couple were, I mean, like the theme this year, like the defense been pin, pinned back. Like how many times have we said, yeah, the defense let up points because they were pinned back. I mean, every single game, it feels like they've had that. Virginia Tech, Florida State, B, um, I mean, even even special teams biting BC against Maine. I mean, it's happened every game that they've let up points on something stupid. And it's not on the defense for that. I think the defense has played better. I, I like what, what I've seen out of a lot of different areas that I have been concerned about. I think Cam Arnold and Bryce Steele continue to grow into solid linebackers. They're going to be the future of this program. Uh, Cam Arnold seems like a smart player, and he's getting better every day. Uh, he had a I, he had a better game. I, he was rated, I think, in the mid seventies against Clemson last week. So he's getting there. He's getting to be better. Uh, Donovan Azaraku is is going to be a stud. I'm telling you right now, this kid's going to be a stud. Um, and he's had some really big games. Um, you know, it's been years. What's it, Zach Allen or Harold Landry since BC's had a good dominant pass rusher? You get two more years of Donovan Azaraku. I think you're going to see that out of him soon because he is, he's starting to exert himself. And once he gets to play against some poor defense offenses too, you're going to have him have some absurd games, I think. Um, but he's really good. I, I like him. And Paula, I think is going to be there too, because after this year, Marcus Valdez is gone and Sheeta Salah could come back, I guess, because he's got right. He's going to be able to redshirt, but I don't know. I'm not sure he'll be back or not. We don't know. So you, you've had better play up there. Jabuzi and Wuka. I said this before the season started, like it was a big deal that he came back and absolutely. I mean, he's played very, very well. Um, he's, he's good. I don't think he's NFL level. Good. Uh, he's not the right body type. I mean, he's like, you know what? five eleven, three hundred pounds, but he's doing some good things up there for BC. And they've had some great play from their young defendant defensive tackles too. Right. Like you've seen Owen Stoudmire out there and um, Ty Clemens. You've seen a lot of different names come up and, and that depth I think has been really key for BC. Halfley has been using, you know, you, you know, five, six defensive tackles, five defensive ends, five linebackers. That's good. That's that, you know, we'll get into where Halfley's at with the program in just a moment. But the fact that in some of these positions and, and almost all of them, they've got enough depth that they can absorb, you know, playing different guys at different times and rolling out guys and, and absorbing injuries. That's a positive too. So, all in all, my grade for the defense has been, I give them a C plus. Um, you know, they've they've been put in unenviable situations over and over and over again. They, I feel like maybe Louisville was probably one of the only games that I feel like they didn't have to like play with their backs against the wall for the whole all four quarters. Um, but Clemson, they 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 battled. Florida State, they were bad. Virginia Tech, they kept them in. Like they've had their moments, but it just hasn't been consistent enough. So C plus for the defense and then special teams, special teams under Jeff Halfley, I thought was like starting to trend in the right direction. You know, you saw Aaron Boomeri and Connor Litton kind of give you good kicking for two years in a row. Punting was fine under Grant Carlson. Um, and, you know, there was some stuff. I think kickoffs were an issue last year, especially uh, Danny Longman kicking the ball out of bounds. But it, that that was like, 
kind of like the only thing you saw was kicking out of bounds, which was like frustrating and stupid, but it wasn't like the worst thing in the world. Well, the worst thing in the world's happened this year. Um, they have really, really struggled with kickoffs. Uh, you know, they let up a touchdown, of course, to Florida State. Uh, they let up almost a touchdown to Maine. They've had kicks blocked against Clemson. I mean, Connor Litton has forgotten how to kick. He's he's been an inconsistent mess. Uh, you know, he had two good kicks against Louisville, but against Clemson, he looked like he looked lost, and he's had a couple games like that. Uh, so he's been kind of bad. Uh, Sam Candotti and Danny Longman have been okay. Um, but in all areas, and, and then and the Zay Flowers as a kick return, I, I am not a big fan of Zay Flowers punt returning right now. Um, the, he does that thing every single time. Like he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he fields any punts. He just runs up to it, waves his arm around like he's not going to catch it, and then it bounces 15 yards past him. So, I, you know, like just catch it. Stop playing the field position thing and just catch the dang ball. But that's been a big issue. And I know, I know Halfley talked about that during his press conference. Like he's got to catch him more often. So special teams, I'm giving a D minus to this too, because it's just been a disaster. I almost want to give it an F, but like, I mean, maybe there's been a positive, you know what? Give it an F. It's been bad. It, you know, when every single game you can point to special teams being a major problem and you can point to every single game having a special teams moment. That's a big problem that you don't have a kicker on your roster that can consistently just kick it out the back of the end zone, which doesn't seem like, I mean, most teams have that and BC can't figure out how to do that is a big problem. So for me, give special teams an F because I just have not been impressed with how they've played. The punting's been okay. I guess that's the, probably the only good thing. Kicking has been bad. Play, uh, place kicking has been bad. Um, it's just, it hasn't been, it hasn't been good. It hasn't been good. And in our final segment, I'm going to get into the coaching staff. I'll give you my thoughts about where I think BC is currently at right now and where I think Jeff Halfley is succeeding and not succeeding with this program. But first, our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the team uh, from Boston College's weekend games or throughout the history of our alma mater. This week's thrilling moment from our team is going back to Boston College and Wake Forest in 2015. I And you might think that I'm being sarcastic about this, but I want to talk about the end of that game where BC just looked like they were completely out of it. And then I believe it was Wake Forest fumbled the ball, giving BC the chance to win the game in the red zone with just under a minute left. And BC was unable to do it because they couldn't figure out how to use timeouts. So this thr week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. It, this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you with our all-new Frontier, Armanda, or Pathfinder today. Available at NissanUSA.com. Locked on Boston College, AJ Black here. Um so we're giving grades out and I was just talking about the 2015 game because I just saw it on two, four, seven sports posting the history of that game. And 
I, I keep going back to that. That's one of the most frustrating games I've ever been to in my life. And someone, I it was Len Banks, who I think is probably related to a football player, said to me, was as, as, as frustrating as this year's Rutgers game? I, I mean, I don't know if he's just new to BC, but that, that Wake Forest game was a thousand times more frustrating than the Rutgers game. The Rutgers game was a massive blow at the end. But the the Wake Forest game was horrific for four straight quarters, and it was the worst football I've ever seen. And it, I mean, it seriously, it set offenses back like fifteen years watching that game. So was it as bad as Rutgers? I, it was way worse than Rutgers. So that was just my thoughts. Maybe you disagree. Hit me up in the comment section. Was Rutgers this year worse than Wake Forest in two thousand fifteen? Love to hear your thoughts. And if you're listening now. Go into the comment section now in our chat and give me your grades on offense, defense, and special teams. Um, I, and if you don't, if you're listening to this later on, I'm going to go over them on tomorrow's show as well. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Now, the most polarizing per, part of this is going to be grading the coaching staff. Now, many people are going to flat out say, give Jeff Halfley an F. And for that, I don't blame you. I mean, he went in the span of six games from the darling of Boston college and someone that many people, and I know some of you didn't believe it at the time. And I'll give you guys credit too, but many people thought like, this is a great hire for BC and they've got the, a, a young up and comer that they're going to be lucky to hold on to. That's what everyone was saying, myself included, right? To now where folks are saying, okay, so when is he going to get on the hot seat? Because this, this program is going nowhere. And Dennis Monahan sent me a message uh, that asked me a question. And I'm going to talk about it on a future episode. But it's a really good one to think about where with where Halfley's at. He's been on this, this program for three years now. Where has this program improved at all? Other than him being really nice, which he is really nice. You can't prove, you can't point to anything, right? The offensive lines regress. The defense is about the same right now. They're ranked 60th, which I think is what uh, Daz had. Um, recruiting is trickling backwards again. So he hasn't made the steps that you're hoping for. This year, the big issue for me, as I've said before, is the problem with the offensive line and the transfer portal. Now, little birdies keep telling me that Halfley probably did go into the transfer portal to look for offensive line, but it was too expensive and BC has no NIL program, which if that's the case, then shame on BC, right? But the offensive line, you had to have known going into this year that it was going to be this kind of a disaster. And to not have a plan B in place, knowing that you lost Lindstrom, uh, Tyler Vrabel, Zion Johnson, Christian Mahogany, and Ben Petrula, that you didn't have any plan in place. That that's a that's that's hard. And I'll give him a bit of the benefit of the doubt that maybe the NIL issue was probably part of it too. But that was that's a strike, right? That was a strike right there. Um, in terms of how the team has been prepared. I mean, some of the sloppiness too. It's not just the offensive line. I mean, when you go out against Louisville, you turn over the ball three times and you have 13 penalties. That's a problem. When you go out and you let Virginia Tech look like 
that they belong in the ACC title picture, that's a problem. Um, and I am not, I am, I, 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 I don't want to say that I'm off the Jeff Halfley bandwagon. I definitely am much more skeptical about it. Let's just leave it at that. I know some folks, I, I see the hashtag fire Halfley already and whatever. I mean, we'll, maybe we'll get there. I mean, there's still six more games to see if he can figure this out, but I think the offensive line was a major problem. And I don't know if he could have figured if he could have gone to the transfer portal to get anybody to fix that. Um, but I, I have to wonder, like, you know, it, you know, you start to wonder now, and I think it's natural. Like, is he the right guy? Is he the guy that is, is the right decision? Is he the right future for BC or do they, should they go and like, get a guy like uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the Holy cross head coach, Bob uh, Chesney or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, and I need to see, I need to see more of the season, but I, I agree. Like the, the shine of the, of his, of his um, presence is definitely wearing thin. And we have six more games where he can turn this around and, and, and get to ending the season on a positive note. And he can definitely do that, right? Like the offensive line, is bad, but they're, they're taking steps in the right direction. And if they take, honestly, folks, if the offensive line can continue to improve, you're going to see everything else improve because it, it is so um, ingrained in all of their issues, whether it's Dracovic, the run game, the defense being forced to do everything, the special teams issues is a different issue, but all of that, it, you know, if you see them start to take that next couple steps, then maybe, you might see some things ascend of the season. I'm not saying they're going to get bowl eligible. They need a miracle to get there, but you know, stranger things have happened. So my grade for half, I'm going to go with D minus two. Like just uh, this season has been so disappointing and it's, you know, do four, seven sports who I work for, for Eagle insider had that article. I mean, that podcast up that was like, is BC the most disappointing team in college football? There, it has to be. They have to be up there. Even with the win against Louisville, they need to be considered one of the biggest disappointments because they just seemed like they were bound for a bowl at least, but could have been a dark horse team. And to go from that to back to BC is a laughing stock. BC stinks. BC is a joke. It's it's deflating, and the fan base is deflated. It really kind of dampers where it's at. So you know. He's always said, Halfley's always said that the buck stops with him. It's been a disappointing season, so sorry. Sorry, the buck stops right there, Halfley, and that's where it's at. D minus right there. But six more games to go. Well, this is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for commenting and hitting that subscribe button. We'll see you all again soon. Take care. <coughs> 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 <coughs>